Talking Con, a cup of tea with an Englishman in San Diego. Season 7, Episode 50, Eric Larson. Okay, um, it's Wednesday. I know. I mean, we've been doing this now for two and a half months, the two-week thing. Uh, we usually broadcast on a Sunday. We put the Wednesday show on to uh, kind of bring everyone together as the con community, those shows that we, we're missing um, over the course of the summer months. But um, I know that some people still a little bit freaked out when the notification goes out, when uh, uh, we do these shows on a Wednesday. So um, if you have got your notifications turned on, uh, thank you very much indeed uh, for joining us. It's a, it's a pleasure to have you along. Um, as always, I want to say thank you very much indeed to all of our Patreon supporters. Um, the Patreon payment came out um, or went into my account on Monday, which means uh, it was <laughs> very gratefully accepted because the, uh, the SoundCloud um, payment came out around that kind of time. Every penny that you donate to our Patreon, it really does uh, allow us to keep doing what we do, um, especially now that we're uh, starting to put these shows out on the uh, the audio platforms. So later on this evening, um, you'll be certainly seeing this on SoundCloud, on iTunes and on Spotify. So please do like, subscribe, follow, comment, um, plant your flag and uh, show your support. We really appreciate uh, any and every uh, element that that comes to. And as always, do follow on all of our social medias on Facebook on An Englishman in San Diego and Englishman SEC uh, on uh, Instagram, YouTube and Twitter. Now, um, we are going to be doing some more stuff when it comes to the Instagram uh, page, obviously with um, San Diego Comic Con not taking place. But we do have some locals that are uh, feeling uh, very... <laughs> upset that they're not having their party come to their town. Um, so they're going to be wandering around, certainly uh, when it comes to the actual week of uh, San Diego Comic-Con. We'll get one or two pictures up as well. It's not going to look the same at all. But uh, please uh, do follow the account because, um, yeah, of course, anything that you uh, uh, you uh, do and uh, say, it's your show at the end of the day and you're trying to uh, get into all sorts of... Uh, um, sorry, I'm getting a, a message from uh, Eric. I sound like a robot. No, that's probably the English language. It's probably the Engli English accent. So don't don't worry about it. Um, I, we should be okay. If I do, um, let me know. Um, if you're listening now, uh, jump in on the comments. Let us know where you're listening from. Let us know what you're um, you're up to. Toby says morning. Um, uh, Eric says I can't understand you. Ah, right. Okay. Let's see if I can do something about that. Any better? I've clicked a button. You'll have to let me know if it's any better. But um, we could we could understand. We, we hopefully we can understand you, Eric. We'll we'll get to that. Um, hello there, everybody. Welcome along to Talking Con, a cup of tea with an Englishman in San Diego. There was a, in the window. He was there, Eric Larson. Um, I think he just thought there was a slight technical issue, and hopefully he's just going to try and log back in. Um, let us know if there's any. Um, Questions you want to put to Eric, any things that you want to discuss, things that you're looking forward to when it comes to Comic-Con at home. Considering that we have been hearing slightly disturbing uh, issues uh, that Marvel may be skipping uh, this particular uh, virtual convention, 
we'll get into that at the back end of the show. We'll we'll, we'll talk about that. But um, we have somebody who's uh, joined us now, and hopefully, I mean, I know he's typing away, but uh, no, we're, we're here now. So uh, hopefully, uh, we can hear you and you can hear me. How are we doing, Eric? Somewhat. <laughs> Somewhat. <laughs> Listen. It's look. It's the it's the thin it's the thin cable between the two tin cans crossing the Atlantic. That's what it is. Lord, <laughs> we're talking technology, which is at this point stressed and strained because everybody is on Zoom calls yeah. and <laughs> on some kind of t um, video conferencing software at this point. So I can I'm stunned that over the last couple of months that the uh, the internet has not just crapped itself and fallen. Yeah. Completely out of shape. It's we're, just we build it out. I think we're working on it. But um, no, like I say, uh, welcome along to TalkyCon, a cup of tea with an Englishman in San Diego. My name is Len Sultana. Each and every uh, Wednesday and Sunday, we talk uh, comics, comic conventions, and those uh, fun and interesting things that we get to see at such shows when we get the chance to attend them. Obviously, this has been um, a year of cancellations of. Um, uh, extreme financial distress for a lot of people and of course um, a lot of hardships um, this has been a unique experience uh, for a generation but at the end of the day and when we all come out of this uh, we are going to be looking for stories we're going to be looking for storytellers and we are joined by one of the best uh, it's uh, a pleasure to have Eric Larson joining us hello Eric how are you sir? <laughs> good to see you it's good to see you too. Um, I, I mean, how has um, the whole situation been for you when it comes to uh, lockdown? I mean, uh, I think we were very briefly uh, talking before we kind of came on air that you've you've gone lockdown hardcore. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We uh, we basically don't leave the house. Wow. Okay. So we're we're having groceries delivered and and. Uh, it's a it's a big enough house that we can kind of walk around and do do circles as we call it now. <laughs> uh, my 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 son had some had some weights, so it's like, all right, let's do this. <laughs> and uh, and get get some exercise and some something, some semblance of, of whatever. But uh, yeah, the, uh, we went up and picked my youngest son up from college. Uh, Unpacked, took all his stuff from the dorm and shoved it in our car, drove home, and he's been doing school remotely since then. And we have really just been bunkered down. When we go outside, which is very infrequent, we'll just what? go on a short walk somewhere. And Whereabouts where are you based in? in where uh, we're, we're in San Francisco. Right, okay. So... Because uh, yeah, I mean, obviously we we keep a close eye on numbers and uh, stats and uh, peaks and troughs. And I know that San Francisco, I, I believe it's um, it it hasn't it's it hasn't been a, a good time there. Uh, it's certainly been worse in other places. Another uh, Southern California is is much more hard hit, mostly because it's more enticing to go outside in Southern California. Here it, it gets coolish during the summer and can be foggy and so it's like all right well it's not that nice out anyway so we just <laughs> stay in but uh yeah it's 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 chaos out there absolutely well it's when i spoke i mean when we started these uh, uh shows when uh, lockdown happened 
and um, we had a, uh, we managed to get an influx of uh, creators on the show, um, mostly because all of a sudden they were indoors and not finding themselves at a loose end. So I had an influx of guests that were available to talk to us uh, on on the on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. at this point, every day is is every other day. So <laughs> well, yeah, it's like oh, I've had one hundred and ten consecutive work days in a row. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the conversation always, I mean, because I was wondering, um, I mean, yeah, the question was, how has things changed? At which point every creator I spoke to said, well, I work in comics. Um, I'm in the basement or I'm in my office. I'm stuck to the table seven, eight hours a day. I, um, I'm fixed on that. I'm stuck indoors. I'm not really talking to many people. Mm -hmm. Nothing's changed, really. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. we're not hearing a lot of that. But... Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think the uh, what I wanted to uh, to start on is kind of the things that we're missing, like those um, comic conventions and those uh, things that we're kind of th that interaction with fans that uh, a lot of people are, are missing out on. I mean, uh, I mean, what was the last comic convention that you went to uh, before things went sideways? I did go to a convention in in uh, the Los Angeles area. I don't remember the name of the convention, but I did go to one earlier this year, so February. Okay, so you you did manage to attend at least one this year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's when um, I mean, one of our uh, good friends uh, is the organizer of the San Diego Comic Fest, and it's when he turns around and says that uh, we can now put on the business cards that we are hosting the biggest comic convention in San Diego, uh, which, <laughs> which um, you know, for a small intimate convention uh, in, in town, it's, uh, yeah, that's something at least you can put on the card. But uh, obviously uh, things uh, went sideways so fast and um, conventions got um, completely uh, locked down. I mean, what was, what's your kind of convention uh, history when it came to uh, first uh, starting out? Well, did you go as a fan or did you pretty much go straight away as a semi-pro? Uh, I think the very first, I'm, not, I'm trying to think back here. That was a long time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I may have gone to a show that didn't have any guests before all this started. So I think there was that. And then uh, me and a, a few buddies printed a fanzine when I was 19, and we stayed up all night to have it ready for that convention. Wow! And that was that was I think my second show, and that had a guest, and that was Mike Grell. Um, and that's and that's when that started. So that that fanzine was a book called Graphic Fantasy, which was. The first printed appearance of the dragon at that point. Indeed. So. So it was. I mean, it, it was it a case of um, you were you going to kind of get into the business by yeah, going to these shows, or, or, did, well, you, or did you get the chance to just go as a fan and just kind of wander around aimlessly? Well, you, there's there's some of that anyway. <laughs> Even when I do go as a pro. There's usually a little bit of wandering around just to get the lay of the land and see who's there and what's up. Um, I'm often wandering around looking to 
to get back issues and, <laughs> and, and various things that, that I'm missing in the world. Back when comic conventions actually sold comics. Yeah. Well, <laughs> some still do. Like, yeah. Those are the ones I, I gravitate towards. So it really, really depends. Uh, I, I stopped going to San Diego a few years back because that had just become the no fun zone for me. Really? Uh, yeah. It's just was, it's just, it's, I wasn't having a good time. Yeah. So, so I, I'd gone uh, 29 consecutive years, I believe, which I thought, yeah, that's, that's enough. That's a, that's a good innings. That's not too sure. Right. Let's not make yeah. this 30. Um, <laughs> and then I, I do go to New York every year, which you would think would be every bit as horrific as San Diego, but it's, it's really not uh, because they've got a, a, a designated artist's alley, which is a separate room. And if you can somehow manage to stay in that room, it's the greatest convention ever because it's nothing but, but comic book creators. And, and everybody who's in there as, as a fan is there with intent. They're there because they want to be in that room. So it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're not passing through Artist Alley to get to somewhere else. It's, yeah. It, yeah I mean, it's you a see a little bit of cosplay, but not, not a crazy amount. And most of those people who are cosplaying there are comic fans and they're there to you know talk to comic book artists and writers and everybody else so it's who it's who, are the, who, who are the creators that you sought out at the uh, shows when you first started out uh when i first started out uh whoever i could find i mean it was uh once i was starting to go to decent size shows then it, then people i sought out would be jack kirby gil kane um, Walter Simonson, Herb Trimpey, those were like guys who were influences. So it was like, I, I want to be near these human beings, and, <laughs> and and I want some of that energy coming coming my way. Did, did um, you have Did you have your like wobbly, wobbly knees moment meeting? Uh, yeah, yeah, it was all right. <laughs> you get over it, you know. Get get past it. Um, I I didn't spend enough time with some people to really get a sense of uh, who they are and what they're like and stuff like that. I met Jack like three different times and every time it was utter chaos. So, yeah. you know, you just get in a quick, Hey, hi, how are you doing? That sort of thing. And, and, and move on. Yeah. But uh, I had long conversations with, with both Herb Trippy and Gil Kane. So it was like, I was, Super awesome, and I got to work with uh, Herb. So Indeed. you know, was, was I, I mean, when we talked about on the show, because we kind of also do some, we have tried to do some kind of uh, surgeries where we help people get the most out of their convention, and um, there is that moment when you have to kind of take a deep breath and face the the person on the other side of the table and try and make eye contact and kind of get over that uh, those initial butterflies and, uh, uh, and and realize that these are the people that are making the yeah, story. Yeah. Being but, but every, it's the same with everybody. Everybody is just a, a human being. Sure. Then once you once you're engaged in any kind of conversation with anybody, it's like, oh, that's that's like a regular person just like me, except He's, <laughs> his social skills have atrophied even more because he never leaves the house. 
<laughs> What's been your kind of like favorite um, sort of moments when it comes to uh, interactions? Not, I mean, not only with your own personal uh, fans, but also, uh, you know, the people that you uh, uh, consider heroes, but also fans coming up to you. Have, the, have there been any moments that kind of stick in your memory as highlights? Uh, not a huge amount. It's, it's nice when, when you do kind of see really eye to eye and, and you can just have a, a normal human being reaction of, of whatever. Um, there was a guy I run into every year at the New York comic con who's, you know, he's, he's an older guy. So he's a few, few years older than me. Uh, and he just at, at one point had just decided as, as an, as a full grown adult to be like, Hey, let me check these comics out. But it was very late in life. It's probably, you know, in his fifties when he started reading comics and, you know, just having conversations with that guy, it's just like, Oh, this is, this is super awesome that this guy just happened to pluck my book out of the, out of a store and then just becomes a huge fan of the book. And so we'll just, you know, have these conversations of, you know, what's going on with that and what's going on. And, and, and now it's kind of gone into, you know, how's, how's life treating you where you're really getting a sense of, of who, who people are. And it's just like, oh, this is, this is great. You know, you just go, oh, this guy's, I would consider him a friend in, in many respects. Um, and that, that's a really nice thing. And, and same thing with, with comics creators where you're just, you're thrown into these situations where you're dealing with, you're seeing people who you never see. And the only time you see them is at this, these conventions. <laughs> we have these really brief, but very intense relationships where you're just getting caught up on all the stuff that you, you haven't caught up on in the last, you know, however long it's been. And it's like, I've, friends who I consider really good friends who I have only seen at conventions. <laughs> and that's the extent of our relationship. It's like, you know, but I've talked to, you know, uh, like Bruce, Tim would be every San Diego. We would go out and go out to dinner and we, we would hang out and, and it's like, Hey, we're the best best friends in the world four days out of the year. <laughs> I've been speaking to a lot of uh, creators um, over the, the, the lockdown. And I mean, obviously, as well, there's been uh, some controversies um, when it comes to the comics industry and one or two people uh, being outed for their behavior at some conventions. But a, a lot of people I've been speaking to are looking forward to, if not BarCon, to RestaurantCon, those, me those meals at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Show. Those are great, and 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 most of the time, the hanging out at bars and watching people be, turn into idiots is—that's a lot of fun too. Yeah, I'd like to apologize for that. Um, <laughs> well, the thing thing is, yes, they're—you know—you don't—you can't apologize for the people who are terrible because those sure. people are legitimate creeps, and it's like you know, no, nobody's wants to make excuses for that. No. Um, at the same time, there are there are definitely people who are coming to shows because they want to spend time with comic creators and, and and hook up with comic creators. There are there are groupies whose goal seems to be uh, how many comic book creators can I sleep with? 
which is like, all right, that's, that's, that's an awesome goal. Um, I'm not going to facilitate you in any no. regard, but you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a happily married man. So let's just, let's just keep that that way. <laughs> when, when you, when you start going, when you start watching, uh, almost famous on cable or something and you start thinking that that's, oh, that, oh, that's, that's starting to look what comic conventions are looking like. It, it, uh, can, it can be, and it can be, and it can be weird. And, and the thing is that it's, you, you tend to, to think, well, geez, everybody is like me. And then you, and then you go out in the real world and it's like, no, 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 not everybody's like me. And some people are going to take really offense at, at gentle flirting and other people, that's what they're there for. And that's part of, you know, I just want to feel like I'm alive and attractive to other, you know, and it's like, well, it's that, that whole idea of massaging of ego as well. I mean, like it's like you say, I mean, it, it's not even just a case of, oh, I'm famous out in the real world. It, it's famous outside the door. Uh, or, you know, inside, yeah, yeah. The, in, inside the building, I'm a rock star. You step outside and... Yeah, no, no absolutely. The number of times that I've been recognized on the street is, it's pretty minimal. I mean, yeah. it may be, it's been, it's, you know, 20, 30 times over the course of a, rough you know 38 year old career <laughs> <laughs> and it is within vicinity of a comic book shop uh not only <laughs> occasionally there'll be somebody who I'm, who I'm just you know it at tommy's joint or something and somebody will just be like oh my god i can't believe i was eating dinner next to eric larson all the time <laughs> it's like wow <laughs> so I mean, listen, everyone, if you want to get questions into Eric, I mean, we've got one or two comments that are coming in already. Um, we've got Solicitor of Smeg, um, Eric in a robe, drinking, screaming, I'm a golden god. There needs to be a pop of that. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Tony Lee, uh, one of the advantages of uh, London Film and Comic Con is that comic, co comic guests all stay at the Media Guest Hotel, which means less chance of groupies turn, turning up. And he says uh, that was supposed to be a smile, not a wink. Uh, so, yeah. That, I, yeah. I, I, there's there's advantages and disadvantages. Uh, any questions, by all means, guys, do jump in. Um, I mean, I, it's interesting that you say that you um, you feel that San Diego has just gotten to a point where it's just no fun anymore. I mean, when, what was the graduation of that? I mean, what was for, for you that moment when you just felt that this just wasn't something that you were enjoying anymore? Um, I mean, it was Hollywood gradually taking over. And it was uh, games gradually taking over. And it just got to a point where people would, you know, Artist Alley was, was next to games, which was next to, and they just kind of interspersed everything. So it wasn't like uh, uh, New York where, where there was a, I mean, there is an Artist Alley, but it's, it's, a, it's kind of a different thing because it's all kind of there together and artists are scattered all over the place. And I, I think I could pretty much tell everybody every year, oh, yeah, I was at San Diego. I'm sorry I didn't bump into you. And it would be true every year if I was there or not. Because, you know, you, there's every time you're sitting there looking at the program on the flight home going, oh, I didn't know Bill Sienkiewicz was there. You know, and it's like, I didn't happen to, run into that guy and it's like well just because he signed three times and it was at the hero initiative booth 
halfway across the hall. And so many misconnections and so many times you just never see anybody at all. And then, you know, whereas New York is like, well, I'm going to be at this spot and it's going to be in this room. And the spot where I'm at doesn't change even that much from, from one year to the next. And it's, that's been pretty awesome. But just so many times I've been in San Diego in Artist Alley with people who are just hanging out there to avoid the crowds. Because it's like, oh, the rest of the floor is so packed. Thank God I can go into Artist Alley and just kind of hang out in front of your booth. Oh, good Lord. You know, while, while I'm waiting to go to the Breaking Bad panel. <laughs> Why, why is there a Breaking Bad panel at this convention? What, what possible connection is there with comics? You know, at least with the Marvel movies, you can go, you know, there's this tenuous connection with comic books. That, that's fine. When you start going, hey, how's that Better Call Saul thing going? It's like, you know, this, 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 isn't, this isn't cool anymore. Fair enough. I mean, but was it also, did you see a change in the demographic of the people that were... Uh, across the table from you as well. I mean, I, I know that you've, you've mentioned in interviews that you've seen the age range change, but has it been, uh, was that for the better or for the worse? Uh, that hasn't changed a, a huge amount. I mean, it's, as time goes on, it's less uh, comic book fans and more people who are just there for for Hollywood or games or, or whatever. So it's like, okay, that, that part is has changed. But when, when Image Comics really hit it big, there was a time there that uh, fans suddenly got a lot younger than they had been. And there was, a, there was a big influx of new young readers who, who were coming in because comics were collectibles and comics were super exciting. And, and I, th I think with, all, with the number of people, it was, well, I can... I can justify buying comics uh, as an investment, <laughs> which is like, all right, whatever it takes, man, as long as you read this stuff. And it's like, hey, I'm reading it because I need to know, you know, which characters are important with this. And it's like, you know, whatever it takes, as long as you're reading, I'm, I'm happy. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, as time's gone on, the, the, the convention has, has changed. The crowds have, have changed somewhat. Um, but mostly it's, I just feel like if you think you're going to go to San Diego and make a splash, it's like, good, good luck, man. It's like throwing a pebble into an ocean. It's, it's difficult to make that kind of impression. I, I totally appreciate that. Um, when, I mean, as a, a publisher for uh, Image Comics, when you took that role on, you obviously get that um, a real idea of um, the importance of Image representing at um, any convention, not just San Diego, New York, whatever. I mean, is that something that you feel is still as important today with the um, the way that um, the industry has taken on uh, online marketing? Uh, is com Are comic conventions as important to the comic book industry as they used to be? I guess we'll find out, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's like not having them. How much has... How much has that changed the world? How much has that changed the reality? Are people still as enthusiastic uh, about the medium now that 
comic conventions are no longer existing, you know, is it yeah. is that all right? I guess we'll, I guess we'll see. I mean, um, I had, I had a conversation uh, yesterday with uh, Joe Illich and I, the way I described it was it feels like 2020 um, is one of those um, historic lines in the sand. It's a, it's a kind of a year zero uh, for, for many industries, not just comics, but across the board uh, about how things can move forward and um, what we can learn from, like you say, uh, the industry kind of coming to a standstill when it comes to distribution for that period I, of time. I mean, I mean, where I'm at, I don't even, I don't think stores are open. I, I know I haven't set foot in a store for four months. So, you know, if they're open, they're, they're you know, they're not calling me about it. <laughs> so, so I don't know. I don't know if things are out there. I don't know if people are hand delivering or, or whatever, but I know for me, it's just, I'm just going to sit here and pretend as though the rest of the world is fine and continue to produce my book yeah. and, and hope there's an audience for it. I think that's what, I think what every creator is really uh, looking for and trying to, to, to do. So, I mean, the, the, uh, the conversations I've had been having with people during yeah, lockdown. You're all funky again. I don't know what the Oh, no. Whoa. I mean, we're going so well. I know. Okay, now you're back. <laughs> you just okay. need to talk really loudly. I guess. <laughs> it, it, it looks like it, doesn't it? Okay. Uh, I mean, the, the, the conversations I've been having with people with lockdown is it's gone. It's kind of a 50-50 split. Uh, people have either been uh, embracing brand new content and kind of taking everything that's on streaming and just really trying to keep the, the blood pumping with new stuff, or they've been going back to their books on their shelves and kind of almost rediscovering uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, their previous stuff. Well, which, which, which have you I've been doing? So much stuff that I've bought, or I mean, this is a tiny fragment behind me <laughs> of stuff that's just accumulated over the years. <laughs> and, and it's like, I've got, I've got so many comics that I've never read that it just becomes like, all right, I, I've still got new stuff that's coming into my, my life here. Uh, so let's just, you know, dive into all that, you know, and then I'm, I'm doing an issue right now, which is kind of a tribute to Sunday funnies. Oh, so, yeah. um, every, every double page spread is like a, a Sunday page from, from some comic book. So I'm really looking at a lot of old strips and trying to find, stuff that works for both my comic and for the for the particular strip that I'm parodying. So that's that's kind of branched me out a little bit in terms of, all right, what what am I thinking of and what can I do and what's this all about? Um, so that's been kind of interesting. I've, I've been looking at, uh, I, I went back and did Miracle Man. I did the, I did the Miracle Man run um uh i did yeah the old the warrior issues i did yeah, i did all of those so yeah, what, what books have you been pulling yeah. off the shelf <laughs> I, I i wish i had those warrior my uh warrior magazines my i used to have them all and then uh my house burned down in 91. indeed so i lost tons of stuff so with with uh with marvel man i had to get it in 
in recollected versions or whatever, you know, it's like, okay, this will be out again. It comes back, but those old magazines, Warrior magazines, just beautiful. Yeah. It's like, oh man, that was a good book. What books have you been finding on your shelves? I mean, I, I, I can only imagine the ones that you say that you've been pulling out of the wrapper for the first time. Um, I mean, for for the old comics, it's it's like real golden age stuff. So Captain Marvel Adventures and and uh, a lot of the old Simon and Kirby uh, crime books and and just various things. When we were doing the the uh, next issue project books, where we did Fantastic Comics and Crack Comics and Silver Street, uh, I was buying tons of golden age stuff just because I like the way the logos look, you know, like yeah. oh, cool looking logo. I'll get this one and then maybe we can do an issue of, of whatever this is. Uh, and so I've got a bunch of those and most of them are, are really terrible. So, <laughs> which, which has its own appeal, you know, there, there is that too, where you're just like, I'm reading something that is awful. Um, <laughs> But just the promise of the golden age is so much different than the reality of the golden age. You think of the golden <laughs> age as like, oh, these guys are pioneers, man. They're just figuring this shit out. This is this is awesome. And then you you actually read it, and it's like, no, they're doing the same tired, cliche-driven stuff that was in the pulps and was in comic strips at the time. It was it's just the same crap. They're not. There's no new approaches there's no new insight it's 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 very staid it's very you know straightforward kind of storytelling really corny jokes when there are jokes <laughs> just like the oldest most cornball things well about. i mean at the, at the end of the day they I, I think they were still kind of hampered by the comics code they would i mean no, no, they, no, they, age, there was no comics code oh, no. there was none of that they could do whatever the hell they wanted to and and did and when they did, that's when the comics code kind of came into existence because they were like, oh, these are these are warping young minds. But in the real early days, you read those real early Superman, you'd be like killing people. It's <laughs> like, I don't care. Um, and he was a he was a super bully to people who were who were bad guys. You know, he would just like, oh, if you're in there beating your wife, why well, did it kick the crap out of you? It's like, whoa. He's like he's like picking up wife beaters and throwing them up against walls and just you know, it's like, holy crap, man, this guy's tossing people over buildings. Ouch. It's like, oh <laughs> that guy's brutal. Um and I then mean, we, and I know that I know the comment they settle down, but I know I mean I know we've been having the conversation online sort of about how we need a Superman. We need a Man of Steel. We need, we need uh, an American hero oh, now. You're going um, again. <laughs> yeah. Certainly, okay. Maybe the more, the more, the John Byrne Superman. Maybe not the bait, you know, the throwing yeah, people I off, off balconies. Can't understand a word, man. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, what I can do on my end. I don't know if it can. I don't Get know if it's... Back. What the hell? This makes no sense. Ah. <sighs> Listen, we'll work up. We'll muscle our way through. We'll, we'll try our best. Okay. I mean, like I said, we've got a couple of comments. We'll let you talk about those, and we'll we'll, we'll, we'll go to these. Uh, Solicitor Smeg, uh, this is uh, more an Image Comics um, uh, question. Uh, when you pitch a comic to Image, how far 
should you have the story i mean did you have everything you'd be doing with savage dragon planned out oh uh that's a tough one because i mean no no you 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 if you're doing an ongoing story eventually you you are just making it up on the fly um unless you just have an a, a huge overall arc um but you don't need to plan that far ahead. It depends on what you're doing. If you got, if you have a mini series or you've got a series where you're like, I want it to go from here to here, that's one thing. Um, but I mean, really, what's required is six sequential pages just to show people that you know what the hell you're doing. That yeah. pages are going to look like something. Well, I mean, I I, I did I held the panel with um, Eric Stevenson at uh, Comic Salopia. Uh, last year, and when he was talking about um, uh, submissions, uh, he actually said, "Ideally, what I'd really like to see is three or four completed issues, just to prove that you can actually tell a story over time." And yeah. not, uh, there's there's an there's initial pitch that's fine, but that then has to translate to an ongoing story and actually showing that you can kind of keep to deadline and yeah, deli well, and, and deliver. I think. You know, you want that before you start publishing, where you're like, but in terms of an initial pitch, I don't, I think very few guys are going to go, I'm going to produce four issues and then I'm going to pitch the book. Just yeah. because that's, that can be a huge investment of time and money. And if you can't sell it anywhere, then it's like, well, that's, that's good practice, but I didn't, I didn't make a sale and I'm not, I'm not being published. So that's all it was, is practice. Sure. Um, which is fine too. I mean, I, I mean, a lot of this stuff is just kind of finding your footing. And when you're really, really starting out, just knowing how big do I draw and what does that look like when I shrink it down? Um, what am I losing? That can be a huge eye opener to see stuff in print to go. I was, I was fussing with this little area here and now I can't even tell that I spent three hours on that yeah is you know and it's and there's there's a, a learning curve that goes with it with with uh my own book savage dragon uh i had published those fanzines when i was a kid so i had these stories that i had done i had i had drawn this character since i was like in fourth grade so i had all these crazy comics that i had drawn as a kid that were just uh you know typing paper folded in half and stapled up the side. And I was, I made like 60 issues of dragon before I did anything before I even was published. So when I did, uh, like the graphic fantasy stories, those were kind of the, a continuation of what I had done as a kid, but now it was quasi professional, semi professional. I mean, it was still pretty, pretty shaky. But uh, it was it was getting there. So yeah. my goal when I came on to do Savage Dragon as a regular book was I wanted to start at a different place because starting where I was at when I was a fourth grader is it would be insane because those stories were just madness. I had no no conception of the world at all. Um, but I wanted to get to those stories that I had done in graphic fantasy. So it's like, I'm going to start at a different place, but I'm going to get to that same place. And then once I'm at that place, 
then I can go any direction I feel like going. At that point, it's like the world's my oyster. I can just explore this world. Um, so that's what I did. That was the goal, was to get eventually work those stories into continuity. And they were worked into continuity, but there are issues 63 and 65 of Savage Dragon. So this relatively far into it. Yeah. Um, and then at that point, it was like, oh, I can do anything, including blow up the world and start over again. <laughs> so let's, let's do that. Fair enough. Uh, I mean, you've got, uh, let's have a look at a couple of comments um, here. Uh, Tony Lee, I was always told 800 pages and a cover to sh understand, show you understand the marketing side. Okay. Um, uh, it, uh, your submission is your sales pitch. Yeah. Is basically what it is. Whatever it takes you to sell your book is what is what you should do. You know, yeah. you're you're giving me your I mean not me, because I don't Eric Stevens <laughs> deals with me. Not for me, please. <laughs> I did my tour of duty and I'm not Yeah, yeah. You've earned your stripes. <laughs> but you you're trying to make a sale. Whatever yeah. whatever you think you need to do to make that sale is ideal. I would say keep the writing part of it, the pitch part, uh, as brief as you can make it, and the comics part as as uh, as much as you can make it. Because reading those pitches can be really, really tedious, <laughs> you know. But if you if you can boil it down to something really basic of this is the story of. You know, uh, this is the story of Midas Mouse who finds himself in the real world and has to cope with being the only mouse in this reality and, and figuring out how to live his life. And I'm going from point A to point B, and by the end of it, he's president of the United States, you know, whatever. You can start, that's like, all right, that's my overall pitch, and then here's 10 pages showing you... Uh, these characters going through their paces and, and what this comic is actually like, you know, that's, that's, that's a pitch. That's a, that's a yeah. decent enough thing. And I'm not sitting there going, Oh, I've got 40 pages of typewritten blah, 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 that I got to wade through to try and figure out what the, you know, what this guy's trying to say. Yeah. Give me the, you know, if you're telling your mom about your comic, what do you say to her? What, What's the story? You know? what's, the, what's the old phrase? Keep it simple, stupid. I think that's the, that's uh, I think that's the one. Uh, you just keep it nice and tight and uh, go from there. Uh, into the blue, Mister um, Dave Sim always claimed that Cerberus was always meant to be a three hundred issue story. I have my doubts about that. You know what? I have my doubts about that as well. <laughs> so, <laughs> I think when he probably started out, he had no idea, but at some point he was like, I'm going for 300, damn it. <laughs> you know, as much as he he said, I, I'm, you know, I've got this grand plan and I've, and I've, I want this, these 300 issues to make sense as this long sweeping arc. When you actually read it, it's like, wow, this thing's a mess. Because <laughs> he's, He's trying all sorts of different things and going in different places. And, and there wasn't a lot of closure to a lot of pieces of it. 
where he is like, oh, look, Cerebus has got, there's there's other aardvarks around. It's like, well, that, that never really <laughs> came back around again in a, in a, in a coherent way that, that makes a lot of sense. In any case, I'm not sitting here with any specific number of issues that I'm determined to get to. I'm just, no. I'm, I'll, I'll go till I completely run out of steam. And then, <laughs> Well, I mean, you, you've got Dan Barry that's saying, hey, Eric, congrats on next week's Savage Dragon 250, which is yeah, yeah. A, a, a cracking milestone. Uh, congratulations on that. <laughs> well, it's a, I like to call it a good start. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, I, would, yeah. I would hope to be able to do a, a, at least 300 issues and, and, you know, and beyond. You know, I'd like to be yeah. able to just go create the kind of, series where at, when I get to the end of it, uh, people will go, all right, all right, I'll try for number two, but I'm, I can't do that. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, we've got a question from Solicitor Smeg. Uh, now, just to let you know, Solicitor Smeg is a regular uh, person who asks questions on the show. He likes to ask the big ones. So let's see what he comes up with uh, on this one. Uh, do you think it might be better uh, for new creators to focus only on smaller conventions with a personal touch since to have what considers a hit uh, comic takes less sales than other mediums. Um, uh, I, think, I think that's back to the old. Um, you I mean to be a, to be a, uh, to be a, a, a small, a big fish in a small pond kind of thing is you're going to get more attention if you're one of, of six guys than if you're one of 600 guys. Um, that's, that's for sure. But really it comes down to doing work that, 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 that looks good. You know, yeah. if you got a terrible looking book and you're in a small con, you still a guy with a terrible, terrible looking, looking book. book. And if you've got a really believable, unbelievably beautiful looking comic at a huge con, then you can become that guy who's like, oh my God, have you seen that thing? And it's amazing, <laughs> you know? And and it's it's great to be that guy too. So it, it really does come down to the, the work because you can do just dreadful stuff and be at a comic convention and be like, yeah, don't go down there, man. <laughs> that's, that's scary. <laughs> so... Fair enough. Uh, I mean, when it came to uh, image and uh, making that impact, uh, and because obviously for yourself and for the other founders as well, I can imagine there was that sense of we're kind of reclaiming our control over our books. We're reclaiming some financial um, security with the, the, the deal as well. And it was a really kind of, it was a bold and ballsy statement on your part. But do you think that people still take those big leaps nowadays like you guys did uh, with you and the rest of the founders or was was that really the last well, ambitious shoot for the moon it's it's hard to make the kind of leap that we did because there really aren't those kind of creators at this point who could make that kind of leap i don't know that i could pick six guys jumping off of six books that would have that kind of impact at this point, mostly because so many artists are uh, jumping from book to book all over the place anyway, and that it's it, it, it seems like, okay, well, Spider-Man 
is ongoing and there isn't a Spider-Man artist at this point. It seems like every few issues, some other guy is, is filling in. So, you know, if the main Spider-Man artist is suddenly coming over and doing something at another company, do you even notice for a while? I mean, yeah. it, could, it could just seem like. Oh. And we appear to have lost him. <laughs> I am trying to work out if it's myself or if it's Eric or his um, connection. <laughs> we have no idea. We have no <laughs> idea what happened there. Yeah, now now you're sounding all crazy again too. So, uh, okay, lovely. From the cent from where you st from where you finished. Go on. Uh, where 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 were you in your train of thought? <laughs> I have no idea, man. No idea. <laughs> oh my word. Oh, okay. So, I mean, if we kind of, I mean, from my from my point of uh, perspective, and and like you say, that whole idea of um, uh, creators and writers and artists nowadays very much jumping from um, self-publishing to the, the big two, to working within the machine, to almost creating their own. Um, how do you, where do, what's your take on the comics industry in 2020? Because it's like I said, it feels like there's this sense of a, a line in the sand, a, a new- Well, the thing with, with right now is it's huge. And it's, and it's not huge in terms of, sales it's huge in terms of the just the sheer volume of books you know when when it, when image started and six guys left those six guys left a huge vacuum whereas if you have if you're a publisher now marvel and dc they're publishing 100 books each so if you have six people who are leaving 100 books that's 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 not a very big vacuum, and that's yeah. those jobs can be filled relatively easily, just because of, of the the huge talent pool, and and that that people are shuffling on often on books all the time anyway. So it's it's a different thing. The advantages are that that when I was growing up, there was all this complaining about. Oh, comics are nothing but superheroes. Everybody's publishing superheroes. It's the same thing over and over again. And now you've got publishers like Image and Dark Horse who are doing a lot of other stuff. Suddenly you do have the same kind of variety that you would have in the Golden Age. You know, in the Golden Age, it was like we had, there were humor books, there were Westerns, there were science fiction. There was kind of this wide range of material. And, uh, and we didn't, and then, you know, by the time the 60s and 70s rolled around, it suddenly was like you had Archie comics and then you had, you know, so there's this handful of, of humor books and then the rest of it was superheroes. And, yeah. and, and we're to that point again where it's like, oh, now we've got this huge variety again. Isn't that, isn't that awesome? And, and people can go and, and do these other kind of books and, and tell those other kind of stories. And that's, you know, that's great. So um, when it comes to, uh, I mean, we've got a couple of questions that are coming in. Don't worry, guys. We are going to get to your questions. <laughs> we'll, we'll get there. I've uh, just got one, a couple more. I mean, certainly when it comes to 
the ideas of what you had for you and the founders had for uh, Image Comics for yourselves creatively and financially. But what do you think ultimately will be the legacy of Image Comics? Is it that kind of democratization of creative control? Uh, for, I, think, uh, I think so. I think that really has become more than anything is, is just being able to have absolute complete control over, over your book. I mean, at this point, you know, and, and as it's been for the last 28 years, I don't have anybody I, reading, going over the book. I have got no input in terms of any kind of over, over, oversight from, from the publisher of any kind. I can just do whatever the hell I want to <laughs> from page to page, and I often do, <laughs> which doesn't always go over so well. But you know what the hell? It's handy to have. Go on, go on, go on. And, and you've got a company where that's that's the case across the board, where we've got all these creators who are doing whatever the hell they want to on their own books. And if they want feedback, there are people who are sit, who are here who can give them feedback, um, but nobody can tell anybody what to do on their book, you know. And that's that's super liberating, and it and it's not like anything else, you know. I I come back and and stuck my toe into doing some Marvel DC stuff occasionally, and it's it's just really weird to suddenly have somebody going, we expected to see a cover sketch. How come you didn't say, you just sent in a cover? What the hell, man? And it's like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. That's part of your process. Oh, you mean you, you need to see a plot first? Oh crap, I didn't realize. I just thought you started drawing like I did. <laughs> and it's, um, it's so different. Like, I, I don't get to pick my letter. I don't get to pick my colorist. What the hell, man? I, I, I've got my guys. I got to. I got to keep these guys busy. Come on. <laughs> you see, this is what happens when you get spoiled. Yeah, <laughs> and it's and it's great being spoiled. That's the thing. Is being spoiled is kind of awesome. A <laughs> um, couple of questions coming in. Um, uh, well, comments I think as well. Solicitous Meg, is there any chance we will see uh, some Savage Dragon Funko Pops? Just saying, in my mind, a dung pop needs to happen. You need to talk to you need to talk to the guys. You know, that is that is their call. That is their <laughs> call. They if they want to want to do something like that, I will absolutely entertain it. Um, you know, if if that's something that that a fan wants to make happen. You know, get as many of your fan friends as you can to contact them and say this needs to be a thing. Yeah, and, it's it's know, not pestering it. It's not pestering Eric on this one. It's pestering Funko. Absolutely. But uh, I don't know that creators are are pestering them and saying, "Hey, make toys of my stuff." I think it's mostly been. I think I, can, I think I, I don't, make, I don't I think, know. I think I could name one or two that probably do. <laughs> but, <laughs> well, there we go. At the same time. That's that's not my priority. My priority is I, I have comic books I want to make, and that that's my main thing. Sure. And I'm not going to be knocking on doors down in Hollywood trying to get somebody else's dream going. My, my dream is to do more Savage Dragon comics. Fair and, enough. You know, I, I've had a cartoon. I know what that's like, you know, and it's 
it's kind of fun and it's kind of cool to see your characters walking around and going, oh, that thing in his head actually works. That's cool. But uh, beyond that, there's very little entertainment value and a lot of, uh, a lot of heartache and, and uh, aggravation that comes along with doing something like that. And, um, you know, it's like, oh, if that can be avoided, awesome. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Into the Blue Mister is asking, can I still redeem my coupon from Savage Dragon 3 for Image Comics Zero? Um, uh, you're welcome you <laughs> Might be a little bit late on that one. Um, yeah, you, you missed the window on that one, buddy. <laughs> and Roshan is joining us. Hello, Roshan. It's been a while since uh, you and I have spoken. Um, have I asked what the background story on Cletus Casti with David Mich Micheline? Uh, Michelini. Michelini. Michelini, sorry. Uh, no, I don't think he did ask me. No, so, no. In, that <laughs> in that case, the floor's your, the floor's your sir. Uh, yeah, that one, that one was, I mean, I just, in, in terms of that, the writer asked me to, to draw somebody, and uh, I just drew the Joker, and I just figured, you know, he'll be colored differently when he's in print. He's going to be colored as though he's, a flesh guy and his hair is going to be some color, but I just drew Cletus Cassidy as straight on. This is the Joker in jail with, with, uh, with whoever <laughs> <laughs> just like let the colorist deal with that. And what was actually kind of funny is that at some point there was a Marvel DC crossover and in it, uh, Batman met Spider-Man and the two villains were the Joker and, Carnage, and so the artist there had to draw the Joker and Cletus Cassidy, and it's like it's the same guy. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, we've got a question here, and this one's actually like I told you, Sir Lister, Meg comes up with the big ones, but this I think we'll use this as a jumping point to kind of uh, to wrap up the conversation. And we, I mean, we finally managed to get across the bridge as the slats were breaking behind us. But we're almost there. Um, this one's more a big picture question when it comes to the industry and where we're at at the moment. Um, I'm really sorry to do this to you, but are you and the rest of Image Bigwigs um, at all tempted to go with a different distributor than Diamond now that their monopoly is a bit shaky? Um, this has been a conversation that we've had on the, the show for the last couple of months about Diamond. And uh, my, my, my position has changed over the, the months because it started off very much a case of it's a monopoly, there needs to be other options, there needs to be a, a, a shake-up. The but then you speak to retailers and they're like, no, we like it. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, they're, 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 they've been good to us. They were good people to deal with. We're not sitting there going, let's make everybody's life difficult. And also, in terms of retailers, retailers do get volume discounts going through um, going through one distributor, and it certainly cuts down on uh, shipping costs when you've got all these different comics coming from one source. So, it's going to make comics more expensive for retailers if if they go that way. If we if we went to another distributor, and ultimately that's going to hurt retailers more than it's going to help them. So I don't think it's wise 
unless something arises that is super advantageous to both us and retailers, you know. Um, so if, if a situation like that comes up where it's like, oh, no, this is going to be better for everybody, then possibly that's something we could entertain. But I don't think there's any point in making a move just for the sake of making a move. I, I just don't, I don't see the advantage to doing something like that. I mean, when I saw a lot of commentary around that time, especially when DC started announcing their um, their new distribution model, um, I think a lot of people, would, especially retailers, were just turning around and saying, is this really the time to do this? The timing was just timing so ever. And, and DC, I think, was looking at it going, our comics aren't being distributed right now. We've got to get our comics out there. We've got to get them in stores. And I don't think they were, they were looking at the lay of the land. And the, the reality was that a lot of retailers are sitting there going, don't send us comics. Our stores aren't open and they can't be open. This does not help us at all to be suddenly sent all this product at a time when we can't sell it. Yeah. So, um, I mean, what can you say? These guys yeah. aren't always the... It's it's a, it's a tough sharpest one. knife in the drawer. Yeah, um, you've got. Um, I mean, we'll wrap up uh, with a, a question, but uh, just to quickly say hello uh, to Clydeen Nee, uh, who's watching. Uh, good friend. Uh, Clydeen, of course, is the person that runs the Artist Alley at San Diego Comic Con, and uh, obviously, uh, I'm guessing you two know each other well. I have I have met Clydeen frequently, and I love her dearly. And it is, it's, I hope every, I hope she is doing well. Like indeed, indeed. I do, I do miss her a lot. That was, that's one of the, one of the bright spots of, of going to San Diego was seeing Clydeen. Um, indeed. So. Um, in terms then of um, uh, comic conventions, and we'll finish up on this question, um, going forward and um, appearing at shows again, like you say, you, you're in lockdown. It's something that you're taking very seriously. Very much. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, when do you feel that you would be prepared to be going out and meeting fans at conventions again? Uh, once I've been vaccinated. Yeah. I mean, really, that's what it, it's 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 either got to be like we have zero cases in the United States and this is totally taken care of or, you know, there's a vaccine out there. People are taking it and uh, things are things are looking good because right now it is just a nightmare. And I'm, I'm not not remotely ready to go stepping out into that. Fair enough. It, it, it may get to a point where suddenly people are doing these these mass signings at at their homes and having like 4000 books shipped to people's houses and stuff like that i mean that that may become a reality for some some people just so that books can get signed and stuff like that but i'm not even really in a hurry to do anything like that it's like i don't even want to see my mailman <laughs> it's like i don't want to deal with this fair enough it's like we're, getting groceries delivered and going, okay, is he, is he out of sight? Has he driven away? So we can take these bags in. Now we got to wash everything. It's like, geez. Yeah. My wife is hardcore on all this stuff. It's like, yeah. oh, all right, honey, I'll go along with that. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, so I can imagine a fair number of virtual comic conventions 
on your on your horizon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's been a lot of that. There's been a a, a ton of podcasts and and a lot of remote stuff, and it's it's been great. You know, yeah. when it's when it's worked, local uh, local establishments. Yeah. <laughs> when, when it when it's worked, when it when it's when it works, it's fine. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> when it works, it's awesome. Absolutely. Um, so it's yeah, people try various things, but. We've got, to, we've got to look at the options. But yeah. There we go. Well, listen, I mean, before I let you go, I certainly want to say thank you very much indeed to Russ Burlingame for introducing us. Um, the, right. when, when he dropped the email, it was literally like a day or so before uh, the Sunday when uh, I was looking for a guest. And it, kind of, it our paths almost crossed on that particular yeah. one. But it's great that I've managed to get the chance to get you on the, the show and to talk to you. Um, Eric, I wish you all the very best um, during the rest of uh, lockdown. Um, I'm looking forward to reading 250 when it comes next week and um, obviously looking more, uh, forward to more stories from you going forward. Uh, Eric, Eric, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you, sir. It has been a pleasure for me as well and hope hope it's best for you and yours. Excellent stuff. Where's the best place for people to find out more about what you do and where what, what's coming up for you? <laughs> uh, just savagedragon.com imagecomics.com and then I'm on uh, Facebook and I'm on uh, Twitter as well as uh, Eric J. Larson because somebody else had snagged the, the Eric Larson but just make sure you spell my name right and we're good to go fair enough it's been a pleasure thank you very much indeed for coming on and yeah. uh, we'll, we will see you at a comic convention somewhere down the line <laughs> <laughs> Look forward to it. Excellent stuff. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Wow. Excellent stuff. Uh, so there you go, Eric Larson. A little bit of technical issues there, but we got there, and we got um, a great conversation uh, with him. Uh, what I'm going to do is uh, edit all that together and get that up as an audio version in the next um, sort of couple of hours. Might take a little bit longer than I expected, but just to make sure that that goes up on Spotify, uh, on um, the uh, iTunes, and also on SoundCloud as well. But uh, once again, thanks to Eric, and of course, uh, thanks to Russ for introducing us and to uh, getting him on the show. Right. Um, that's our show for today. Um, I'm now going to go off and uh, uh, get myself sorted because uh, I do want to keep a track on what's being announced by uh, San Diego Comic-Con uh, International because, of course, they're starting to release uh, information about SDCC at home, and they're going to be doing that uh, pretty much as if the show is a uh, physical event. Uh, so they're releasing the uh, preview night uh, information today. They're releasing um, Thursday for Thursday, Friday for Friday, and all the way throughout the course of the weekend. Looking forward to seeing what they're going to be coming up with, and of course, how they're going to be supporting retailers and artists at their virtual Artist Alley and uh, Exhibition Floor. It's not all about the panels, but uh, we're going to keep an eye on what San Diego Comic-Con is doing. Likewise, I'm really curious to see uh, how uh, what uh, Clydeen has got uh, uh, got planned for us uh, for that particular uh, element of the show. Um, thank you very much indeed to everyone for all the, uh, the kind words. Uh, Colin Matheson's been watching. Thanks for uh, joining us, Roshan. I hope we got that question answered for you, sir. Um, I, I was curious as to see where he was going to go with it, but there we go. Into the blue, mister. Battling through the technical issues. Yeah, we, we, we got there eventually. So there we go. Right. Um, the other thing that I wanted to 
mention is yeah like i say this sunday uh, we don't have a guest lined up because what we're going to do is a panel breakdown uh, it is uh, sdcc at home we're going to find out exactly what is being announced the rumor of course uh, which we've heard over the last uh, 24 hours is that marvel will be skipping uh, sdcc at home they're not going to be putting a presentation forward that we are maybe seeing something a little bit further down the line if you can remember a couple of years back when marvel comics uh, decided or marvel entertainment decided to put on their own um presentation in, in hollywood so they skipped um san diego completely i find it a bit weird that they're doing so considering that there is stuff that they need to get out there they need to kind of let people be a little bit more assured that is going to be coming down the line so we're going to be seeing uh, like say the stuff that's coming from um uh, disney plus the delayed phase three for the marvel cinematic universe i would have liked to have seen marvel do something but we'll see what happens what is going to be the big showcase panel on the saturday uh taking up space on youtube we'll find out we're going to keep an eye on all the panel breakdowns and we're going to do a full uh, update of that on sunday so it's going to be a little bit dry it's going to be a little bit of me reading through lists but I think, as always, what I'm going to try and do is find those uh, panels, those presentations that may get lost um, in the shuffle, um, which may be overshadowed by some of the bigger panels. Um, at the end of the day, that is, for me, the key to San Diego Comic-Con, the variety of uh, content that you can see at uh, those shows. Um, the, the smaller panels, those panels that you kind of just stumble across, how are those going to find an audience at SDCC at home. We'll discuss that on Sunday. Also gonna be looking forward to uh, announcing a couple of guests for the next couple of weeks as we get closer to uh, the week of Comic-Con and of course what we've got planned uh, once uh, San Diego Comic-Con has been and gone. But that's our show for today. Thank you very much indeed. I'm now going to take myself to edit and uh, get myself through uh, piecing together that uh, Eric Larson interview. Hope you enjoyed it. Um, of course, if there's anybody that you want to see on the show, there's any guests, uh, I mean, Clydeen, if you can please um, send a blanket email out to your, to your artist friends. Let us know if there's anyone that you feel that you would like to see on the show. Um, yeah, do let us know. Uh, Karma Savage, bye-bye until Sunday. SDCC at home, yay. Uh, yeah, we're looking forward to it. Um, oh, Michael P is telling us Wednesday is up. I'm going to go. I'm going to check out that listing, see what uh, preview night is going to look like at SDCC at home. Uh, from us to you, uh, we're back again on Sunday, 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. GMT uh, for another Talking Con, a cup of tea with an Englishman in San Diego. Very much Talking Con this Sunday. From me to you, take care, look after yourselves, wash your hands, wear your masks, and we'll see you on Sunday. Bye-bye.